Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, hello there, gunfighters. Welcome back to Gunfighter Life. Saddle up for another episode of Gunfighter Life, the podcast where we talk about gunfighting the right way with God at the center, Judeo-Christian values, and real-world first-hand experience. Today, we're going to be talking about guns with a dedicated following. Guns with like a substantial minority of people who just really, really are dedicated to that gun or that platform or even that caliber. And notice I specified like a small group or even a large group. Not like my nephews, dads, brothers, hairdressers, mailman really likes his Remington 770 and 30-06. Quick example before we get, because I'm not going to list this in the main body. Example, there's a dedicated small group generally east of the Mississippi and north of the Mason-Dixon line that really like the 35 Remington, a Marlin 336 and 35 Remington for deer and black bear hunting. It's a good gun and a good combo. There's a dedicated core of people that generationally have really clung to that platform and that cartridge. That's kind of a small sample of what we're going to talk about today. What are some of those things and why? With that, men... If you've listened before and you've never given this podcast a rating, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes, maybe scroll down and hit some stars. I'm going to plug in the bio and then we'll get into the main topic. Who am I? A question we should all ask ourselves. I am, first and foremost, a servant of God made in his very own image a follower of Jesus Christ. A simple man called by God to the Great Commission to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Next, a little bit about my background and what God has allowed me to do and blessed me to do in life. Grew up what most would consider very poor, in the backwoods of the southeastern and mid-Atlantic United States, hunting and fishing. Joined the Marine Corps at 17. Did a couple of combat tours in Iraq. So a decorated Marine Corps combat veteran. Infantry assaultman. After the combat tours, I was an urban warfare instructor. For the United States Marine Corps under Mojave Viper. I also served in the U.S. Army, both full time and part time National Guard. Also, a veteran of law enforcement. I served with LAPD. I was a sworn peace officer, a cop for LAPD. I worked regular patrol assignments and more specialized assignments. One of those 
more specialized assignments was warrant service, fugitive recovery. Also had some other law enforcement roles. I am an FBI certified firearms instructor and been certified by another three-letter government agency in a lot of firearms and training things. I've also been a private contractor, worked in the private sector, pertaining to tactics and gunfighting and protecting America from enemies foreign and domestic. I served as the commander of a tactical team to stop active shooters in a large metropolitan area. That was our primary mission, to stop active shooters, which sadly are a thing in America today. I've also been blessed to do quite a bit of competition shooting. Started my first formal competitions even before joining the Marine Corps at 17. I had one more shooting competitions than I can remember. I have competed in all manner of disciplines in shooting. I've been blessed to be a state rifle and pistol champion, West Coast regional champion. Like I said, been blessed to win more shooting competitions than I can remember. Mentioned hunting, I've hunted to put meat on the table starting when I was a child. I've also been a professional big game hunter and guide, hunting and slaying all manner of beast. And I don't apologize for that. Humbled to be the host of three podcasts. Simple Man Sermons, Alpha Male Podcast, and Gumfighter Life. Obviously, as things not mentioned, I've been blessed to do many other things. But, again, first and foremost, I'm a servant. A servant of God, a believer and follower of the Bible, the Word, Jesus Christ. And I don't apologize for that. With that, let's transition into today's topic. Guns that have a following, kind of a fanatical basis. Let's start out with the elephant in the room. The Glock fanatics. Now, Glock's a good gun. I They're not my favorite gun, but they're a good gun. I'll concede that. I'm not talking about the people that have a gun that happens to be a Glock, or they just like Glock. They think Glock's a good choice. Got one because most cops carry one. I'm talking about the guys that like it's Glock or nothing. Like if you don't own a Glock, your pistol is somehow not worthy. Like Glocks are very reliable guns, I'll give them that. But they're in the camp maybe of Glocks are the only reliable gun. Nothing else is reliable as a Glock, which I don't think is true. I think Glocks kind of set the standard for reliability. But there are certainly other guns that are as reliable, in my opinion. For most people, for the vast majority of round counts that will ever go through a pistol. But the guys that are like, if it's not a Glock, it may just malfunction on your way to go practice. If it's not a Glock, you may as well carve a bar of soap to look like a handgun and carry it. Because nothing else is going to work. It's got to be a Glock. It doesn't matter what. If it's a Glock 17 iconic grade, if it's the next model that comes out that has a bunch of problems... Couldn't have problems. It's got to be something else. It's If Glock came out with it, it's awesome. Probably some people out there somewhere with a Glock tattoo. Talking about that. 
And there's a substantial amount of people that are like, it's Glock or nothing. They don't even want to look at any other handguns if it's not a Glock. Ironically, a lot of times, these are the guys that will buy a Glock and then heavily modify it with something that's not standard factory Glock stuff. Anyway, that's the first one. Is there a name for that, like Glockies? Is, do they have like a, a term, a common vernacular that I'm not super familiar with? Let's call them Glockies, just for fun. Because this is all in good fun, right, guys? Glocks, they're, they're a decent gun. Opposite end, perhaps on the pistol spectrum, the Perrier versus the Mountain Dew. Usually if somebody likes one, they don't generally care for the other. I'm, I'm just guessing there. I tried to come up with a good analogy in my head, and fizzy beverages was the first thing that popped up. It's late, guys. I had a long day. But anyway, a lot of times I edit that stuff out. Some people have said they like that kind of stuff, so I'll leave it in. Anyway, other end of that pistol spectrum, the 1911 guys. Back-to-back World War champs. Carry a 45 because they don't make a 46. They do make a 480 and quite a few 50 calibers, the 50 GI and whatnot. The 50 AE, the 480 Ruger. Anyway, the 1911 guys, and I like 1911s. I would consider myself a 1911 guy. I like 1911s, but the guys are like, it's got to be a 1911. It's like the guys are like, if it's not Glock, it's, it's Glock or nothing. The guys are like, if it's not finely polished blue steel and wood, it's not a real gun. If it's got plastic on it, it's not real. It's a toy gun. I don't think there's any denying with anybody that's in the gun world that there are that dedicated core following of 1911 guys. You know, if it wasn't designed by John Browning, it's just an imitation. And just like the Glock guys that are like, if it's not a Glock, it's probably going to fall apart on the way to your training class. The 1911 guys are like, it's got to be a 45. If not, you might as well just have a slingshot and hit him with rocks because only 45 is powerful enough. Anything less than that is inferior. And that's kind of the extreme end of the spectrum there. Let's talk about one. And we're all having fun here, hopefully, guys. The Sub 2K. The Keltec Sub 2K. This has a following. It's kind of adorable, the people that love this gun so much. And it's a cool gun. I can see why they like it. It's, you know, in a lot of common calibers, it can take Glock mags. It folds in half. It's basically a spy gun. You're basically James Bond when you pick it up. It is so cool that you better affix a bayonet to it somehow just to keep the ladies away from you. That's how attractive this gun is to some people. And the Keltec is a cool gun. It's lightweight. It folds in half. It's got a lot of cool merits. The guys that think that it's, you know, a Daniel Defense PPC or something like that, that it's as good as an MP5 or something like that. It's a dedicated following for a lot of reasons. It's a cool gun. Again, it's a cool gun. It's a foldable gun. It's a compact gun. It's lightweight. And it's very affordable. I don't even want to say prices with inflation right now. For when comparing, you know, what I consider a hard asset to a hard asset, you could probably get four of those or more for the cost of an MP5. Maybe more than that. It's a cool, handy little truck gun, little duffel bag gun. They're neat. They're fun. They're not an MP5. They're just not. They are cool. Some guys just love those guns. We talked about 
the kind of two ends of the spectrum on the pistol side. Let's talk about it with ARs because ARs have kind of its own genre of gun, right? There are the guys that really, really like Daniel Defense. If a Navy SEAL doesn't use your gun, is it even really a gun? Do you even operate tactically in a tactically operating environment? Tactically? If so, you got to have what the SEALs have and you got to have a Daniel Defense. The guys, you tell them, oh, I could get three whatever X brand of ARs for that Daniel Defense. What does it do that these other ARs don't do? And they're like, what's your life worth? Got to be Daniel Defense or nothing. You know, those, the guys that are like, Daniel Defense, Daniel Defense makes a fine AR. But it's not the only brand out there. Go to the other end of that spectrum. We just talked about the Lamborghini of the AR world. Let's talk about the Mazda Miata of the AR world. The Palmetto State Armory. And these are kind of known as like the budget option. And just like I'll say, Daniel Defense makes a good AR. Palmetto State Armory, PSA, they make a good AR. But just like a Mazda Miata is not a Ferrari or Lamborghini, whichever one I said, I don't even remember. A Mazda Miata is not a fine Italian sports car. You know, a PSA, they're really good guns. One of my favorite ARs that I own is a PSA. Bought as a kit gun. It's ridiculously reliable. It's a good gun. It's not a Daniel Defense. It's just not. I'm not going to pretend that it is. The guys that think that PSA is as good as anything else out there, they're good guns. Again, they're not a Daniel Defense. You kind of get both ends of the spectrum there. Now, the Glock versus 1911 is something we've kind of talked about in this episode, as those guys are kind of pinned against each other. It's kind of like the Ford versus Dodge truck debate. They're both good trucks, right? We're going to concede that, whichever one you like. They're both good trucks. They're both comparable in quality, different designs, but let's, for all intents and purposes, say both battle-proven, decent, robust combat handguns. Then you got the guy that's clinging to the El Camino, like it's the greatest pickup truck ever made. Yes, it's time to talk about Taurus. person that thinks that the Taurus is just as good as a Glock. Now here's the thing about Taurus. They do some really cool stuff and they have some really cool innovative designs. But they're not Glock. They're not Smith & Wesson M&P. They're kind of the budget second tier option. And the problem has never really been in their designs per se. It's been on their quality control in my experience. Their quality control has gotten better over the years. But to what extent, I don't know. But to say that Taurus is just as good as Glock, that's just, it's not. Whatever model of Taurus you want, whatever 9mm Taurus, plastic Taurus gun that you want, there are so many models. Again, they're known for doing innovative stuff. Pick any polymer, striker-fired Taurus that you want. Run this thought experiment with me in your head. Buy a hundred of those, and then buy a hundred Glock 17s, Glock 19s, Glock 26s, whatever, and put a thousand rounds for every one of those guns and record the amount of stoppages. Do you honestly think that the Tauruses are going to be as good as the Glocks? I don't think even the Taurus guys could say that with a straight face. But some guys really think that like the Taurus is, is as good as a Glock or as reliable as a Glock. You know when it comes. Whatever features. Better grip texture. You know and it's 200 bucks cheaper out of the box. 
I'm not saying you can't like Taurus. I'm just saying they're not equal to a Glock. Another really cool subsection of guys are the bullpup guys. Like, it's got to be a bullpup. Now, bullpup is this idea that just keeps being tried and tried and tried. It's the idea so good, nobody can do it right. You do all this crazy engineering stuff to basically get a full-length rifle barrel in a shorter package. And that is a real benefit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie and say I don't think the Tavor is a cool gun. I do think it is. For all that engineering, all that different manual of arms, all that generally bad trigger and all that, getting a longer barrel, which gives you a little bit more velocity. But their guys are just bullpup or nothing. It's the future space age. You're living in the past. That AR-15, man, that's 1950s technology. You might as well ride your dinosaur to the range and write your score down on some papyrus because you're outdated. No, bullpups. They're just not appreciated yet. As you might be able to tell from this episode, guys, men, gunfighters, I don't have any sponsors. Way back in the day when I was big into competition shooting, I did have sponsors. I don't like it. I consider it a bribe. Shall take no bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. So hopefully you know that I'm giving you honest opinions. And this is this is just for fun. right? But I'm not beholden to any gun company. As you can probably tell from this episode, if you appreciate that, especially the more serious episodes that we do, consider going to Good Shepherd Training and becoming a patron. It just seemed like a good place to insert that. Hopefully you know this is all in good fun. We're all part of this gun culture kind of part of being guys. And I think the vast majority of us so overemphasize gear and this brand versus that brand and this thing versus that thing. Glock versus SIG and Daniel Defense versus LMT. Because I don't care if you have a Taurus G whatever or a Glock 17 or a Keltec Sub 2K or one of those fancy futuristic bullpups. Train with it. Run it. Be a good shooter of it. As much as I think you give up more than you gain on the bullpup thing, I'd much rather have a guy... I hired quite a few when I was the commander of a tactical team. Ex-Israeli guys that really liked a Tavor, and I let them carry a Tavor. You know what? If they're comfortable with a Tavor and they want to go through the quals and they can pass with a Tavor, good for them because they have familiarity with that platform. They run it and they train on it. What's best for me is not best for them. There are some advantages to the bullpup. Whatever you like. Know God. Know yourself. And know your weapon. Read your Bible. Pray. Practice. Dry fire. Train. This is gunfighter life after all. If you go to a USPSA national competition... And you give one of the guys in the very bottom of the pack. I'm not putting that down. We all start somewhere. I got disqualified my first USPSA match. Take one of the guys that finishes in the bottom 10%. And you give him Jerry Michelek's guns who won that competition. You give him all his guns. You think that's... Assuming Jerry Michelek won that match. You think that guy's going to win that match? No, of course not. We all think somehow that, that this gear is... So, so important. And it is important. You can't be a gunfighter without a gun. It's always good to have the best equipment you can have. And if there is an advantage to be eked out, then take that advantage by all means. But just like that, you know, 
Dodge Ram versus F-150 debate we were talking about earlier, or Chevy, whatever I said. Debate which one of those trucks is better this model, this year, whatever. The Dodge Ram's better at this. The Ford F-150 is better at this. This one's got better brakes. This one's got better tow capacity. Neither one of those trucks is going to do you any good if you don't know how to drive. I'm telling you not to have a cool handgun. I have been blessed to have a lot of cool handguns. I have a lot of cool handguns. I'm very blessed. I'm saying know how to drive your handgun. Know how to be fast and accurate and consistent with your equipment. No matter how reliable you think Glocks are, know how to clear a malfunction. Because even if you think Glocks are 100,000% reliable, it's only one component. As far as I know, Glock doesn't make ammunition. And I'm not a musician. I know very little about guitars. I know like Les Paul is a big one. Or maybe it was a big one. And Fender Stratocaster was a big one. I don't know what Jimi Hendrix played. But I bet if you gave him either one of those guitars in tune, he could play the crap out of it. I'm sure that he preferred one platform over another as far as the guitars go. But I'm sure he could play well on both. I don't prefer Glocks. But a lot of times I'll take a Glock to a training class because that's what most people are going to run. I don't want them to think I'm shooting really, really good because I'm running an STI or I'm running a Wilson Combat Beretta or whatever. Just a factory option Glock 17 and rock out with it. Yeah, there's differences in grip angle. Yeah, the trigger feels like you're dragging a piano down a dirt road. But you know, if you're a really strong draft horse, you can make do with the crappier cart. So don't put the cart before the horse. Be circumspect and look at these things as they are. Don't be clouded. Glock makes a lot of really good guns. Maybe you own mostly Glocks. Maybe Glock doesn't make the best single stack 9mm for you. Because you really like a Glock 19. A lot of people, we talked about Glock fanboys. There's a lot of Sig fanboys. Sig makes a lot of really good guns. Just because Sig comes out with an AR doesn't necessarily make it better than anybody else's or worse than anybody else's AR. Judge it soberly. And know that it's a much smaller percentage point than your actual skill as a gunman, as a gunfighter. I think that's a pretty good transition from the jovial, fun side of gun culture to the seriousness. Get out there. Dry fire. Train. With that, I'm going to say thanks for listening. Have a blessed day. Don't forget to go to goodshepherdtraining.com. Same thing if you want to contact me, goodshepherdtraining.com. Tactical tip of the day. I've mentioned it, but a long, long time ago. We talked about Glocks today, and I ragged on them, so I'm going to give them a redeeming quality. The back part of the grip on the Glock is hollow. There's a hollow space there. If you don't know what that's for, it's actually for when you get a malfunction. Yes, Glocks can malfunction. You reach your thumb back there in that hollow part. You'll notice it's cut out in the back. That's for you to rip the magazine out when it gets stuck with some kinds of double feeds. That's to forcibly rip that magazine out when it won't come out because of a malfunction. That's what that hollow part back there is for. That said, that's not the way I train because I run a lot of other guns besides Glocks. And Glocks really the only one I know of that does that. Can't do that on a SIG 226. Can't do that on a Beretta. Can't do it on a 1911. So I generally train to grab the magazine from the side, especially with more common extended magazines. If I have to forcibly remove the magazine, that's neither here nor there. 
Anyway, tactical tip, if you don't know, that's what that hollow space back there for the Glock, it's for ripping a magazine out. Also, a lot of people will put a grip plug back there. And if you don't train to rip the magazine out like that, then there's no reason to have that gap there. In fact, it's a pretty legit ingress point for stuff to get into the gun. So, again, they make those grip plugs. Well, just like Glock's malfunction, they can also break. It doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Some of the smaller parts, spring cups, trigger return springs, trigger springs, those smaller springs, you can put them in a little piece of tape and fold it over so they're not just flying and rattling around in there. Fold that piece of tape over and put it in that hollow space and then put your grip plug in. So if your Glock ever does break one of those parts, which are the most common ones to break in my experience, extractor, one of those screws or whatever, if you can get it to fit in there, depending on your model and your make and all that stuff, and put it in there, you're not going to probably notice the weight difference. Again, put it in a piece of tape so it doesn't rattle around and worse, go all the way up into the fire control mechanism. But if you put it in a piece of tape like a piece of masking tape or something, there's really not much chance of that happening at all. I would say as close to zero as there could be. Statistically insignificant. And you could have those spare parts on hand in your gun if they do break. Oh, another good thing to put back there that I generally will put back there is a spare front sight. Let's be honest, no matter how much of a Glock lover you are, you probably don't like the Glock factory sights. A lot of you probably change out the factory sights so take that factory front sight if you have one of these grip plugs and put it in there because sights do break front sights are important whole firearms training academy called front sight you're supposed to focus on the front sight you can't focus on the front sight if you don't have one even that crappy factory option front sight is better than no front sight so maybe if you replace it put the factory one back in that hollow space on top of your grip plug that's your tactical tip of the day. The tactical verse of the day. Deuteronomy 8. Least when you have eaten and are full, and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. We talked about some of the shiny things today, some gear, some stuff. I pray that I never get so much stuff that I lose sight of God. I hope that I never like any gun or anything or any brand or anything so much that I put it in place of God. That is idolatry. We are blessed with so much. I am blessed with so much. Likely you are as well. Blessed with so much. Don't let that pull you away from what's more important more important than gear more important than stuff more important than money more important than women the most important thing that should be at the center there's a reason i say that a lot in the beginning of the podcast god is number one and at the center and he should remain there better to have little with god at the center than to have so much you get distracted and god falls away from the center of your life because you're just too distracted by shiny things. Much as I might want the next shiny thing or like this gun or that gun, I never get so much that I turn away from God. With that, men, thanks for listening. Have a blessed day.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.